Today, I'm especially happy because I'm welcoming someone on the show who is as passionate about networking as I am. I bet you wouldn't know this because I have not quite mentioned it on the show earlier that I am a mastered networker. Like I'm a certified master networker. And yes, I love meeting and connecting with people. And this podcast is giving me a huge opportunity to meet some amazing people like my guest on the show today. So let's bring her on. Fall in love with selling as you acquire the right mindset, selling style and sales process that helps you take your business solution to more prospects, potential clients and the world at large. If you are a women entrepreneur who is looking to get more sales, scale and sustainability in your business, you have reached the right place. I'm Roshni Baronia. Your host for the show is The Sales, which is all about helping you bring your authentic and influential self to each sales conversation. Hey Cory, so good to have you here especially because you love networking just the way I do. I love meeting and connecting with people. So, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So, Cory, tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you land up doing what you do? Sure. So, I'll give you what I call the reader's digest version of how I got to where I am. So, long story short, I went to college and got a very expensive piece of paper that said I could draw well. So, I got an art degree which was basically useless. So I left school with no way to make money. And I was waiting tables, which really annoyed my father. My father was second generation entrepreneur at the time running our family's business. So he said, you know what, why don't you come and work for us? You know, we'll give you like an entry level position doing graphic design or something. So you're still using the skills that you learned at school, but come work for us. So I said, all right, why not? Mm -hmm. Figured it would be like a temporary thing. 15 years later, I'm running the company. Wow. <laughs> so it was, yeah, one of those things that like, I didn't expect to be there, but I became the third generation running my family's business, learned everything I know about business doing that. So my family's company is a wholesale electronics distributor here in the US, they cover the whole Northeast, so large awesome. operation. And one of the things that, you know, I had to learn how to do well in a very short time frame over that, you know, decade and a half was because we were in distribution, we were the middleman, right? So the more our customers, sold, the more money we made, right? Which also made our vendors look great. So our vendors are these large fortune 200 brands, you know, huge electronics companies. And our customers are small mom and pop operations on Main Street, right? Little small resellers, you know, family owned, you know, very much like our business. Right. And so with that said, since I came up through marketing, you know, I started as a graphic designer, I ended up building a formal marketing department, eventually sales reported to me. Here I was challenged that I had to teach these small mom and pop retailers how to go against Goliath in a way. Because when you think about it, when it comes to electronics, people have an option. They can go direct to the corporation or they could go to a small reseller to get the same product. So how do we make this small reseller look better? So I was a very early adopter of social media marketing. I think I started back in like 2000 seven thing at you know teaching small retailers how to you know leverage it to market themselves also guerrilla marketing was a big thing I got into it basically anything I could do to help get the word out there without spending money because these guys didn't have fortune 200 corporate marketing budgets it just didn't work that way so to kind of transition to where I am today so ultimately I loved what I did as you can tell I get very passionate about you know marketing and sales and stuff like that I, I really like the process but I felt like something was missing. And I couldn't quite pinpoint what that was. And, 
eventually, as the years went on, I got married, my marriage dissolved right when my son arrived, I went through a really tough period. And during this, I kept kind of pushing through because I'm like, I got everything I want. Because really, all I wanted was I wanted a successful business, which I had with my family. I wanted the house with the white picket fence and kids, which I checked all those boxes off even with my divorce, but I still felt like something was missing. And I couldn't figure out what it was. And then somebody I loved dearly died by suicide. And it was in that moment that I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) Everything you love could be gone in an instant. You know, at that time, I was commuting over 20 hours a week. I had this realization that I was paying my au pair a part-time salary just so I could commute to my full-time job, right? But I still wasn't inspired enough to make a change. And it was at that moment, you know, during that loss that I was like, I don't have time to waste. Like I have to make this change now. So I stepped down from my family's business. I started my coaching business at that time. And because of my background, within a few weeks, I gained my first few paid clients, which is very rare in coaching. I had multiple press features because I knew how to position myself as an expert right away. I, within six months, had also built a social media following of over 50,000 people. I had a YouTube show. I had a podcast. And by the time the first year ended, I had a TED Talk. So wow. I knew how to get results quick, right? So eventually, over the course, I've been doing this for two to three years now at this point. Uh, now I specialize in helping brand new entrepreneurs break into the market fast. Awesome. Awesome. So all <laughs> the things nailed down like within two years. <laughs> straight. Wow. Basically, yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. So yes, but brand positioning is so key to early stage entrepreneurs, because that's how you build the credibility and trust. Awesome. And I also know that uh, you love networking, because I've seen so many of your videos on your social feed related Mm -hmm. to networking. So let's touch upon that a little. So do you agree or disagree that women shy away from networking? I believe I don't even think it's just women. I think everybody does. If they don't come from a business background, that's the number one thing. Because again, my clients are all aspiring and brand new entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Right. So they're used to working for somebody else. They're used to being told what to do. And that is the number one thing that like prevents them from putting themselves out there. You know, when you think about it, the the way that I teach, I I very upfront with people that I say, I'll add you your first client, but we're not going to use websites. We're not going to use content. We're not going to use paid ads. Right. Because I teach them how to network and network is just basically having effective conversations that communicate what you do, who you serve (laughs) and, uh, you know, how you can help people. Right. That's really all it is. It's very simple. But if people don't know how to have these conversations first, you could spend all the money in the world on paid ads and then ultimately still not know what to do when you get the sales call because you still can't effectively communicate who you are, what you do and who you serve and why they should work with you, right? So it doesn't solve the problem. So by networking first and learning how to do that effectively, you're setting yourself up for success in the long run and it makes it much, much easier to scale. Plus, it also helps new entrepreneurs especially be able to invest confidently as they grow and scale their business because you know a lot of folks they prematurely invest in the website and this and that and then by the time they finally figure out who they should be speaking to they invested thousands of dollars in a website that doesn't work for them so by going the backwards route it's much more effective but you have to get over that fear and i do think like women in particular yes to answer your question they are afraid to kind of speak up and really stand in ownership of what they are an expert at i see it in men too but the number one thing that helps with that is really having clarity is what your value is and what you offer people and what makes you different. And that's what I try to help people, you know, learn through their their networking journey and being able to position themselves getting out there. Right. So when they come to you, is it specifically like to learn networking or it is one of the tools that you use 
in your business coaching? It's one of the tools I use for the most part. Most people, they they kind of know, like, I need an effective network. Right. Like, I need a stronger network, but they don't know the term necessarily networking. They don't know, like, the process. They just know it's one of the things that they need. And I think there's also um, kind of thought going around, too, that their network is their social media network. Yes. So they view it as I need a lot of followers, right? I need a lot of followers. I need a big audience. But no, that's not necessarily networking, right? Networking is the people that you know directly, like you know, you know their spouse's name, you know their kids, you know what drives them, what motivates them, who they're looking for connections to. It's, it's a much deeper relationship than that, which you can do through social media, but not in the, the content play that a lot of gurus teach. Right, right. And it, actually, it boils down to the one-to-one relationship and the connection you built with that person because Mm -hmm. uh, it is kind of an intangible asset that you build in your business. People don't relate to it as an asset, but your network is your net worth. So it is an asset. So uh, can you just pinpoint maybe two, three mistakes which people do when they go out to network with people. And I'm no, of course, we are not having events as of now due to the pandemic, but yes, people are still networking virtually. But uh, any two, three mistakes that you usually see people are doing in networking? Yes, yes. I talk about this all day. Um, so probably the first one is not having a clear pitch before you okay. get out there start networking. So a lot of folks, they like ramble, you know, networking meetings in general, if you're doing traditional networking, they follow a set structure, right? It's usually there's like an introduction, then everybody gets a minute to introduce, you know, themselves. And then after that, it's just open, you know, forum and you get to talk. And it doesn't matter if it's in person uh, networking or Zoom events, which are happening now, and I think are great. They all basically follow the same structure. But if you can't effectively explain who you are, what you do, who you serve, and who you're looking for connections to, and 60 seconds, you lose them, right? right? Because most people, they start to ramble and then they just, they, they zone out and you're not memorable, right? So you have to create a really comprehensive 60 second pitch. So that would be the first thing. And again, that comes back to what I was talking about earlier. The, the thing that holds people back from not networking is not having that level of clarity about what exactly they do, you know, and why that's valuable. Because when you do have that, it's much easier to have these conversations and to be able to introduce that in 60 seconds, right? right? So that would be the first one. Second one, would be having no strategy when it comes to who you want to meet, right? So a lot of folks, they come into a networking event and they're like, oh, great, I met, you know, 15 people that want to meet with me. But those 15 people might not have the connections that you need to grow your business specifically. So you really want to make sure that before you go into a networking event that you're making a list of, okay, these are the types of people I want to meet. I want to meet people who are either my ideal client avatar, I see, I talk about this a lot, who are my exact client, you know, and you have to be able to effectively describe Describe who that client is, you know, like what is it that they do, you know, professions, family, whatever, what are their challenges and how you solve that problem, right? So that's your ICA or other complementary professions that work with your ICA should be on your list. So it shouldn't just be anybody, right? right. It should be like, I know for me, you know, as an example, I'm an entrepreneurship coach, but I network a lot. I love to work with other business coaches because business coaches in general, they don't like working with businesses that haven't been open more than a year. And I fill that gap. 
So it's very complimentary going back and forth. I work a lot with career coaches. Same thing. Somebody's unhappy in their career. Maybe they're meant to be an entrepreneur. A career coach can't help them with that, but I can. And vice versa. I've had people do my programs and say, you know what? I decided I don't want to run my own business. I need a career coach. Okay, well, I got a list of people you can talk to. So very, very complimentary with that. Accountants are another good one for me uh, that they're helping people start up their business, you know, formally. So you got to try to seek other complimentary industries that you're going to meet as you're out there. And those are the people you want to build your network on, not just anybody. You know, for me to meet, you know, let's just say like a real estate attorney. <laughs> it doesn't exactly. help my specific niche, right? It doesn't mean that I can't have a great friendship and whatever else. So it's going to take me that much longer to yield, you know, reliable referrals from that person because they're they're not actively working with the people that I work with on a regular basis. So those would be the probably the top two. Wow. Wow. Super clear. I love the way that you have mentioned that you have to be very strategic about who you are meeting. Either it is your client or it is your referral partners. So of course, we people who you can collaborate with. Right. Great. Oh, actually, I'll give you a third one. I'll give you a third one that just came to mind. Also, not being selective with what networking events you attend. Yes. Right. So this is a big one. So if you're your ICA, your ideal client is a you know let's just say a working mom, you know, a professional mom, and you're going to a standard generic networking meeting, you're losing out on an opportunity. You really should be spending time in mommy groups, you know, or working professional groups for women, you know, that are specific to that person, and there are tons of them that you can find all over the internet and in person or in communities. So another big missed opportunity is just going to more generic networking events as opposed to going to industry specific or community specific. Do you often face feast and famine cycles in your business? Do you set lofty income goals but don't know how to achieve them? Then this is the time for you to wear the CEO hat and take charge of your sales with the personal sales planner. This sales planner is an all-in-one tool for solopreneurs like yourself to help you manage and grow your sales every single quarter. From mindset and motivation to strategy and implementation, tracking and monitoring to review and reflection. Everything that you need to crush your sales targets and meet your income goals is within this 90-day planner. So grab one for yourself from the link given in show notes at bit.ly slash psp-37. This is the best way for you to bring in predictable revenue growth in your business. So grab your planner from bit.ly slash psp-37. The link is given in show notes. Wow. Yes. So apart from these uh, strategic mistakes that people are doing, especially women are doing, what is it that is coming in way of women to turn these networking opportunities into business opportunities? Again, I think that ties into strategy. Mm-hmm. So I'm very big. I speak on permission-based selling and marketing, Okay. right? So the, the way that I do it and the way that I teach people mm-hmm. how to do it is your ultimate goal. And, and I work specifically with service-related businesses. And a lot of times people, when they start a service-related business, this, it's with the intention that they want to help people and they want to give back, right? That's the value behind it. It's not necessarily a money play. So in general, when I go into a networking event, I want to provide some kind of value. And it doesn't matter whether or not that person is going to be a client. So the first thing is shifting your mindset that every networking one-on-one that you do with somebody has to result in a sale because it's not about that. It's about meeting people, understanding who they are, what do they do, who do they serve, who do they want connections to. Now, if you play it the way that I talked 
before, you know, making sure you don't make those three mistakes. If you do end up on the phone with somebody who happens to be your ideal client, right? By the time they ask you, well, what about you? You know, what do you do? And you share what it is, who it is you serve, why and how you can help them. They're going to self-identify and say, that sounds like me. Like, how do I work with you? And then from there, it's a very easy transition. Like, hey, I might be able to help you out with that. That's not the purpose of this call. You know, this call was to really get to know you. You know, why don't we schedule a second call and we can talk specifically about what your challenges are and whether or not it's a good fit, right? And then you transition to, to a sales call. So a lot of folks miss that step altogether. They just do the networking call and then they wait for the person to contact them at some point in time instead of inviting them to that conversation. And same thing goes too if you're networking with, you know, one of those complimentary partners. If you're strategic too, it's getting them instead to say, hey, these are the people, you know, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is who I'm looking for connections to. And if you're strategic about it, they'll say, oh, you know, I work with clients who are like XYZ, like your you know ideal client avatar. I could think of somebody right off the that who might be a good fit? How should I make an introduction? And then you offer, hey, you know, just have them introduce me via email. And I'm more than happy to hop on a second call with them, you know, and ask them who they are, what they do, blah, blah. Or you could just do a, a networking call with whoever that person is first, just to kind of feel the waters out before you put them into a sales call. So it's a very organic, very authentic strategy that doesn't come across as salesy at all. And I think that's a big thing too, because especially for women, women are afraid to sell, afraid to sell, but they love to help, right? So using this type of a strategy makes it much easier and more intuitive to be able to transition people for becoming aware of you, you know, on the the one-on-one call to then becoming a closed sale. I am so glad that you pointed that out because I also see people are mixing up networking and prospecting all the time. Whenever a person comes up with, hey, I could use that service, you should really create that next opportunity and book another call and not just start rambling out your sales pitch right there. So yeah, that is oh, yeah, definitely so that important. You never want to just ramble out your pitch too. You want to make sure that they're qualified for what it is that you're offering. Absolutely. Right? They absolutely. might not be a good fit. So it's yeah, you got to do that as a separate call. Absolutely. Because the approach towards uh, sales calls and the approach in a networking call is very, very different. So very Yes, that demarcation Mm -hmm. has to be there. I'm so glad that you pointed that out. Let's segue into another thing that we have on the platter today for discussion, which is a methodology that you have got, which helps women business owners land their first paying clients in six weeks, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. what's that? Sure. So I um, use a process that I call the Validate Your Biz Blueprint. Okay. And it reliably takes people from, again, I work with aspiring entrepreneurs. So in general, most of my clients are folks that were like, I've always wanted to own a business, but I've never taken action on it. You know, that they're that early that they're like, I don't even know what to monetize. All I know is I want to start a business. It takes people from their idea to their first paid client within six to eight weeks. It's pretty realistic depending on what their situation is. If they have some heavy, you know, self-limiting beliefs, it might take longer. If they're working a full-time job, sometimes in addition to doing it, it might take longer. My my clients who were laid off due to the pandemic, there was a lot of that within the last year. They got results really fast because they had the time to really invest into the networking and all the different strategies that we're talking about, right? So that definitely helped kind of 
add some gasoline to their results. But yeah, that's the, the process that I use. And it's based very heavily on networking, which we were talking about. But my strategy for networking is very much a hybrid between the old school, I kind of call it Mad Men style networking, which is what you and I have been talking about that like going yeah. to a networking meeting, doing your pitch, having, you know, meeting people for a coffee or a drink. That's very traditional old school networking. I leverage that also with online, okay. you know, i.e. social media, but not in the sense that people think of social media. So I basically teach my, my clients to use social media as basically a glorified instant messaging platform. And you use that to have conversations with people based on their posts. You're not posting anything. You're reacting to other people's posts and offering to help. Very, very different. Again, that permission-based selling and connecting. And uh, that's how we're able to land their clients that quickly without any websites, content, or paid ads. So it's very strategic, very focused, a lot of clarity. My program, the way I teach, I joke it's a, a hybrid between personal and professional development. So the first few weeks, the first three weeks of the program feel like life coaching <laughs> <laughs> because I'm really helping people get clear on why do you want a business? You know, who is it you should be serving? What skills and life experience do you have that have you perfectly positioned to solve one specific problem? What is that problem? What are people paying to solve that problem? Right. So I really help people gain that clarity on that. And then from there, we build out the four walls of their business, I kind of describe it like being we're building a structure, right? So that life coaching phase that I discussed, uh, it's kind of like setting the foundation for your structure. Right. Right. And everything else gets built on top of that. Then from there, we're building up our four, four walls, which are basically our offers, you know, pricing and packaging. I'm teaching you how to market. I'm teaching you how to sell. And I'm also teaching you your back end operation system specific to whatever your offer is. Then from there, once you're able to land that first client, because that's literally the only goal over eight weeks, it's not about having a successful business. It's about getting somebody to pay you for a talent that you have. So you can validate not only your business idea, but validate that you have what it takes to be an entrepreneur, right? So it's a very personally, you know, personal motivation driven uh, goal, right? But then once that happens, the scaling part is easy because you sold one, you could definitely sell more. You already know the process to be able to do it. And then from there, if you want to scale your business after that, you could add additional revenue streams. And the way I describe it is it's kind of like adding another level onto your structure. And then you start the whole process again, because you got to validate that new revenue stream. And that's right. the way I teach people how to do it. Wow. Awesome. Once you get to know a process, then it's just about rinsing and repeating it and making it better every single time. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But I guess the yes, the starting point that you nailed down it at the very first step is why do you want to do that? Why do you want to why move out so from your nine to five job and get into entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. which is like 24 by seven job? <laughs> Right. No, and I'll be honest too, because my programs are structured in a way they're, they're group oriented, right? Because there's really, there aren't a lot of places where especially brand new entrepreneurs can go to get support. So that's why they're structured as a group because they get advice from each other. They get advice from me. It's a very collaborative, safe space that people can test their ideas in before they take them to market. And so if I'm on the phone with you and you're interested in my program and your motivation for starting a business is because you want to work like two hours a week and sit on the beach, like it's not going to work. Like I won't <laughs> let you in because again, it's everybody who's in our program is very focused on, they know that there's some kind of change that they're meant to help with the world and their service helps with that. And that's what it's about. So it's about building businesses and building services and structures that help enact change in their communities and change in the world. And as a result, be able to make a living and be rewarded for that. So that's very, very important. 
part of our specific process. So, and again, too, it also is a great lesson for anybody out there that's just starting out to be selective in who you work with, right? Don't just take everybody. For me, I know I don't jive with, you know, people who want the, you know, Rolls Royce and the, you know, the fancy watches and stuff. That's not... (laughs) (laughs) That's not the way I sell it. Even authentic selling, it's not the way I sell. It's not the way I teach. It's not going to work. So you got to know who is it that you can really best serve and make sure that you hold those barriers that you don't just say yes to somebody just because you want the money, but you really kind of stand strong in what you believe in because ultimately the money will follow that. True. Because many a times I think uh, people enter into entrepreneurship thinking it to be a very dreamy world where you will be like uh, sipping pina coladas while your business is taking care off and uh, uh, having flexi jobs, being your own boss. So yes, of course, those are the things people enter into entrepreneurship with, but you have to do initial legwork and answering these big questions who, what, mm-hmm. how, why, uh, until unless you get that foundational pieces sorted out, it's really difficult to move further and build a sustainable business that what exactly. we all mm-hmm. target for, right? Mm-hmm. Great. So lastly, Corey, I just wanted to touch upon uh, your personal uh, hacks and strategies, which you is use on your business. Like, of course, we've touched upon the networking bit of it and how you are va- helping your clients validate their business idea. What is it that works for you? What is the best selling technique that always works for you? Uh, actually, everything we just talked about. So it's basically what I teach, you know, and again, it's one of those things too. learning, like what comes easy to you, and just really kind of sticking with that. So naturally, that was just something I've always, uh, my dad always described me as being alpha. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. I was his daughter, but I was the alpha one. So that's why I was the one who got picked to to run the business. But I'm always like very go-getter, love connecting with people, love talking to people. I love speaking. So I do a lot of podcasts. I do professional speaking. There are things that come easy to me. So as a result of me doing those things, it makes it easier for me to find my audience because they find me because of, you know, the, the way that I get myself out there. But Again, what works for me isn't going to work for everybody. I think it's really important that people really stick to what they know they do well. You know, so even like social media is a great example. You know, I can tell you all day long, you know, for me, because because I'm a speaker, you know, YouTube is great. Video is great. Live streaming is great. Reels, I have a love-hate relationship with right now, uh, just because I don't like it. So I don't do it. But with that said, if you're an introvert and you don't like being on camera, like it doesn't matter. You could do it. 5 million times till Sunday and still not like it the way I don't like reels. So as a result of that, it then becomes a block that that you're not putting yourself out there at all because you think you need to do this one strategy that's great where really you might be an incredible word craftsman and you should be putting out blogs, right? Or doing something that's written. So there's no right or wrong way to really get yourself out there. The most important part is realizing, okay, what are my talents and how I connect with people? And then and making sure your sales strategies and your marketing strategies to, to get people to get to notice you are in alignment with who you are authentically. True. So I agree to that. Yes. Thank you so <laughs> much, Corey, for sharing all those uh, insights. I'm sure it will help so many women out there to step into their best versions when it comes to selling. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you for having me. 
Thank you so much for joining us today for this episode. I'm sure you were able to find some key learnings and takeaways from today's episode which will help you grow your business to the next level. And if that's the case, make sure that you share this episode with two of your business buddies because you never know that they might also find some insight which will help them in their business. Knowledge after all grows by sharing it further. Right? So do share it with two of your business buddies. Also, if you like Asus's podcast consider sharing five star review and rating on apple itunes because that will help us take the podcast to many more women just like yourself who are looking to find sales success in their business also it will mean the world to us especially myself and my team who are putting loads of efforts to bring this podcast to you and lastly remember to connect with me on instagram at roshni_baronia because i would love to know more about you your business and what is it that you need help with when it comes to selling so connect with me on instagram leave a review and share the podcast with two of your business buddies i will meet you next thursday stay tuned and stay safe and happy selling